0: Blue is the color. Welcome to the FPL Blues Podcast. I'm your host, John Bucks, together as always with Brian Chen. Howdy do's it, Brian.
1: The boys are back in town, Bucks. International break is finally coming to an end. The last one of 2021. And now we are entering the silly season. Let's get silly, Bucks. We got fixtures galore coming up and I'm already feeling the vibes. I'm so excited. Can't wait to have FPL back on the weekend.
0: Yeah, we're fired up for the festive fixtures, which are coming hot and heavy. Uh, In the States, we're entering Thanksgiving in next week in less than two weeks time. But for FPL managers, just be aware there's going to be 44 matches, right? 40 matches in 44 days, some crazy total. So you got to be checking. You got to be up to date with injury news. You got to be following the press conferences. It's going to be wild. It's going to be crazy. And it might be a little messy too, but we're all here for it.
1: Yeah, Bucks, it's a good time for us to really focus on our FPL teams, especially in between all the family time and uh, eating and drinking and being merry. So I'm looking forward to tinkering with my team and hopefully getting more green arrows. That's all I want for Christmas. It's around the corner, but I might have to start asking uh, Saint Nick for uh, a green arrow. Maybe be thankful during Thanksgiving for a green arrow and just keep up those vibes.
0: Yeah, family will understand if you need to step away to check the official FPL app uh, one to 20 times in the course of the day together. Uh, With that, we are coming out of the international break and looking ahead to this weekend is game week 12. So we're almost a third of the way through the season now. So we have a good bit of data to know, you know, who the top teams are, who the players uh that are rounding into form or are hitting form and really what to look out for in the Premier League and, you know, therefore in the FPL game as well. So With that, on this episode, Brian and I, we're going to preview the marquee matches for FPL managers to target for points in Game Week 12. We're also going to discuss some players on our shortlist for a transfer move in or out. And we'll, as always, we're going to cover our transfer moves and our captaincy selections. But first, but first, we want to make sure to give a quick update and summarize what happened during the international break. We were without Premier League football for two weeks' time. And a lot happened. So, Brian, let's let's get deep into some of the news coming out of international break.
1: Yeah, it looks like FPL managers have had a bit of luck because there haven't been any huge notable uh, injuries Oof, this time around. You know, last month or so ago from the previous international break, we had injuries galore, a lot of people returning late. It was, you know, really positive to see that the international break um, those international fixtures ended on a Tuesday, giving you know players more time to travel back to England from around the world. And so, just looking at some of the players that played a ton of minutes, uh, 180 minutes um, via Fantasy Football Scout, the likes of Shane Duffy, CR7, Jimenez, Saar, Laporte, and Christensen all played both of their home countries' fixtures for a total of 180 minutes. And then right behind them. Uh, Sonny Boy, KDB, and Huang also played over 170 minutes between their two fixtures. So those guys you know, could have a little bit of uh, tired legs underneath them, but we're very much hoping that uh, you know some of those big-time names start uh, at the weekend.
0: Yeah, for sure. And one player that definitely dazzled and delighted on international break was one Harry Kane. He plays the lead man for England, and he's also supposed to be the lead man for Spurs, but... He has been missing in action thus far this season, but on international break, he had seven goals in two matches, and he was really beating up on some C, C-minus squads. Uh, the combined population of the countries that he scored those seven goals against was under 3 million people. So there are more than double the amount <laughs> of FPL managers playing the game than there are uh, residents of San Marino and and it's albania either, i think that's yeah, and, and who Alabama. else they
1: play but bucks you're very you're being very uh generous giving those uh those two international teams uh, a c or c minus you know these are f plus quality uh sides that kane was uh scoring against but you know it can't hurt his confidence right so it, it's a positive thing to always see you know the the ball going in the back of the net and perhaps he'll feel a little bit more rejuvenated um you know i think the the quality of players on england side obviously lift him so much and He doesn't really have that at Spurs. So it'll be interesting to see if he can continue this form versus Leeds. because I know a lot of, you know, FPL managers, they're looking for a a top tier striker to actually start delivering points uh, game week over game week.
0: Yeah, it's just worth mentioning that Kane really, he got such a haul on international break, and you might wonder if that's good for his confidence. Obviously, you want to see the ball go in the back of the net for any striker that you're backing in FPL. But at some point, you might say, like, save some of that for when you play with Spurs uh, against Leeds and some of the upcoming fixtures they have. So uh, I'm I'm still in wait and see mode with Kane. Uh, I think the England side, as Brian mentioned, they're just so much stronger from, uh, you know, from the back all the way up the squad uh, versus the Spurs side. So there really are two different universes that they're playing.
1: Yeah, Bucks, it's really funny thinking about like the psychology of, you know, players that you own or that are on your watch list and they haul on international break like Rafinha a couple of weeks ago when he starred for Brazil. Or you think of like Cancelo and in Champions League getting the hat trick of assists, right? You have to kind of, you know, lower your expectations a little bit when they come back into the Premier League because it's just such a competitive, um, you know, game versus those other formats.
0: Yeah, the only result I want to see on international break is minutes rested and just overall rest, (laughs) because that's most important for FPL returns. You need them to be healthy and fully fit for the Premier League matches that are top priority.
1: Yeah, Buck, speaking of rest, we have a few players who did pick up some injuries, though. One of them was Paul Pogba. He looks like he'll be out for at least a month for Manchester United and, uh, you know, on the horizon they have some good fixtures ahead of them. So it'll be really interesting if this opens the door for more minutes for Marcus Rashford, who's only 9.4 million and could be a good, uh you know, route into that side when their fixtures turn.
0: And Jaden Sancho, he's become kind of the forgotten man at United, but he has tons of talent Very and they true. brought him in for over a hundred million dollars, uh, I think 82 million euros, something in that crazy range. And he's been basically, relegated to be a super sub, another name that might be benefiting and player who might get more run is Jesse Lingard. He's been swirling rumors of him going to another club. United took him and now they've slashed their resale price for him. So I expect that both those players will have more opportunity to get game time and minutes under their boots with Pogba out. And that leads us to the next player who's also injured, and he's a star and he's been really delivering all season long for Liverpool. And that's Sadio Mane. He gets a rib injury. He has been pictured that he's back in training, but that's definitely an injury to monitor, considering that Liverpool have a couple of other problems elsewhere in the side.
1: Yeah. And one of those problems is Andy Robertson, who, to be honest, has looked a little bit sluggish, you know, not as attacking as seasons past. He's played a ton of football, 3,000 plus minutes. Back-to-back seasons for Liverpool. And he tweaked his hammy while on duty for Scotland. So he actually might miss this weekend. So make sure to pay attention to the uh pressers tomorrow. I haven't seen him in many people's sides because he is, you know, seven million. He's very expensive, but it does basically pave the way for Simikas to come back into the side. And and I think, you know, looking back at that match and thinking about it more between West Ham and Liverpool, you know, they looked some of their players looked a little ragged. They looked a little tired. So I think. Klopp might have to try and, you know, rotate some of his players a little bit more and, you know, give Simicast 60 minutes and then sub Robertson on for 30 in some of these games because he's played well um, when he's he's uh, been on the pitch this season. So I think there's some opportunities um, elsewhere across the squad for Liverpool where they have picked up some more injuries, especially in the midfield as well. So it'll be interesting to see if Klopp uh, starts to rotate some of his players more, especially with all of these fixture pile-ups coming up.
0: Yeah, and then one more injury for Liverpool that's worth mentioning. Roberto Firmino, Bobby Chompers, he picked up a hamstring injury, I think right in the beginning of international break, if not a training or two beforehand. And it's just been confirmed that he's going to be out at minimum four to six weeks, at least until mid-December. And I think that's optimistic because he has a hamstring injury and he's not a spring chicken anymore. So that is really good news and opens the door for Diego Jota, As an FPL asset, he has been kind of in mixed form over the last handful of game weeks, but if he's getting regular minutes, you know, he's a player that loves to put the ball on net. So I think he's a great differential FPL player. He's 7.5 million. So he's quite affordable and he's owned by less than 15% of the game. So definitely one to monitor as injuries pile up at Liverpool, there leaves opportunity for other players to step in and fill those roles.
1: Yeah, as a previously um, owner of of Jota myself, you have to kind of take the ebbs and flows with his game. So I, I think he's a great player to uh, keep an eye on and possibly buy after this Arsenal match. They have really great fixtures. They're ranked third in the next six games by Fantasy Football Hub on the ticker. And if he's playing center forward for Liverpool, who are one of the most attacking teams, if not the most attacking team in the Premier League, um, you should definitely you know, scoop him up for some points while Bobby Chompers is out and his spot is solidified. So yeah, moving on another player, just wanted to quickly highlight was, uh, the goal from Antonio versus the U S men's national team. So obviously, you know, I've stuck through, uh, thick and thin with Mr. Antonio and he's delivered zero FPL returns from the past seven West Ham goals. And in the matchup with men's national team, He scores an absolute screamer from about 40 yards out. It was incredible, sensational, and it was actually his first ever goal out of the 52 goals he scored for club and country uh, that he's ever put in from outside the box. So I would love to see one of those go in this weekend, too, bucks, uh, if uh, if he can manage it.
0: Yeah, that was an incredible goal. One of the finishes for sure of the international break. And, you know, worth noting from the men's national team for the United States that Pulisic returns. He's actually healthy for once. Uh, Hopefully he can make it out of the flight back to England without picking up a knock, uh, you know, boarding and deplaning. That remains to be seen so (laughs) he can play for Chelsea. But he scores a great goal, uh, ends up doing the business for the U.S. men's national team as they beat the Mexican side, 2-0, 2 zero, dos Acero. so great result. I think that places the U.S. in pretty comfortable position to be qualifying for the World Cup in 2022. But with that, I think it's time for us to take our first break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into the most important fixtures, the ones that count for FPL, the Premier League matches in Game Week 12.
1: And welcome back to the FPL Blues podcast. We're now going to run you through some of the most appetizing fixtures from the upcoming weekend. So let's start with Brentford at Newcastle. And this is a match where we have a new manager back in the Premier League. Eddie Howe, who used to run Bournemouth, is reunited with Callum The Truth Wilson. Um, There's been some talk that you know, Callum might be a differential up front. He's only 2% owned and costs 7.3 million pounds right now. So he's definitely a potential transfer in for these upcoming games. And we've seen this Brentford team be shaky at the back since Raya got injured and a couple of games before that, after a really solid start. So it's going to be interesting to see if this becomes a goal fest, uh, which you and I would both love, because I think we're going to be planning on starting both Mbomo and Ivan Tony this week.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think that if you've backed the bees attackers, I, I know I have. I have both Tony and Mbomo, as does Brian. And uh, they're both worth trusting at least for another match, Give them this run out on your FPL side. Tony's now 6.7 million, 22% owned. I think uh, a lot of those 22 Uh, percent of the game about two million managers are wondering what to do with Ivan Tony as he's playing a little too deep to have true FPL value but we'll see this match is a great test of that and then and Bomo he's owned by less than five percent of the game so you really got him for that Norwich match last game week in game week 11 which feels like eons ago but this is also a tasty fixture Newcastle have been leaking goals and you know the Eddie Howe appointment. He used to be at Bournemouth. This is a boring appointment. I would say Uh dad joke. <laughs> ba, 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 ba. Uh, I do not think that that is a good long-term hire for Newcastle, but they need someone uh, to kind of write the ship and to get them to at least get regular points to stay up this season. That's really the goal. Just stay up so that they can bring in more players, set up a system long-term. Um, but yeah, I I'm hoping, and I expect that there's going to be goals for both sides in this one.
1: Yeah. Ivan Tony has been far better in real life than in fantasy. So from my perspective, he's on a very short leash. I am going to probably prioritize transferring him out of my side before I do in Bomo, just because of the, their difference in price. Um, I'm I'm not too fussed about benching a player who's 5.5 million, but benching a 6.7 million player if you don't have faith in him is is not something i want to do on a weekly basis so hopefully these two guys can finally put their expected goal involvement into the back of the net and uh, link up for some points this game week
0: yeah let's get some returns in real life as opposed to on the stats nerds spreadsheet next one is south hampton excuse me i was so excited by that bad joke Southampton at Norwich.
1: (laughs) I I do not endorse that joke either. Let let it be known for the podcast (laughs) listeners.
0: Southampton at Norwich. And I think there were concerns that Tino Livermento, who's been one of the darling standout FPL players this season in Southampton's defense. He's all the way up to 4.5 million from starting price at 4 million and he's 22% owned he got a knock but he has been back in training so i think if you have him in your side you're probably expecting a nice return this game week playing the bottom dwellers norwich the most exciting part of what's going on with norwich this season is that they just brought in a new manager in dean smith who was recently relieved of his duties at aston villa i actually really rate this signing i think dean smith is a good quality manager i just wonder if he has enough talent in that North side to actually be able to save them from relegation this season. They are quite adrift.
1: Yeah, they're they're coming off their first victory of a season. So that helps, um, you know, I think Dean Smith did a fine job at Villa over a number of seasons, and it was just a tough spot to be in. They, they really brought in three or four new players. They sold their most uh, talented player, probably in club history and Jack Relish. So it, it was a tough spot for him. But when you look at the names and some of those um, players on up and down the roster on Villa, they, they should be able to turn it around a bit. So uh, going back to like Livermento, he's somebody that I'm actively considering uh, in the next kind of week or two to transfer into my team. Um, you know, Even though I've obviously missed all those price rises, if you look at the player in a vacuum, who's basically played some of the most outfield minutes uh, for Southampton of all their players this season, you know, 4.5 for an attacking fullback uh, with a team that has surprisingly shored up their defense is still great value. So just because you've missed out on some of those price rises, don't, don't feel that you shouldn't bring them in. I know a lot of managers, of think that you're might be chasing yesterday's points but with this guy who just turned 19 such a talent and he's you know they signed kyle walker peters to a long-term deal and livermento has ousted him from the squad basically so it's his spot and i think there's um you know definitely opportunity to free up money if you go like for instance if you're doubled up on chelsea defense you can go rudiger down to livermento I have Asplaquetta. I'm looking to, you know, move off of him and maybe go to Livermento to free up some money to then fund, you know, potential moves for somebody like Harry Kane or those expensive players on United who are going to come into our thoughts in a couple of game weeks.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting point, and that's a move I can I can get behind. I think he's worth owning, and I know Brian and I we both went with Duffy over Livermento. I think we're both having uh, second thoughts and oh, some the Duff man some regrets on that front. But uh, one other player to monitor in this match is Adam Armstrong. He's a budget attacker. He's only 5.9 million and he's owned by less than 5% of the game, actually closer to 3%. He scored in game week 11. And now that he's fit, he takes a lot of shots and he he's more central and more attacking. I would say than Che Adams, who's his lines and who's well more expensive than he is. So I think Armstrong could get a return in this one. I think that if he's healthy, he could be the go-to discount double check forward line player to have for the fpl game going forward
1: yeah it's just a bit tricky to be honest because you know a couple game weeks ago before he got injured broja looked great as well and so i'm still kind of like in a wait and see pattern to see who is actually going to swap um to snap up that that position in the team and become nailed but they're clearly just playing really solid football both defensively and in attack so you can't go wrong with um with the likes of Armstrong if he nails down that spot. And look, we're not getting any returns from any of the forwards. So it's it's been truly a crapshoot. So I, I'm I'm definitely more inclined to spend less money on the forwards right now. Moving down to somebody like Armstrong at 5.9 million makes a lot
0: of sense. I agree with you there. Next one up, Man United go to Watford. I think this is a really interesting case study and potential differential captains match if you have any of the United players still on your side. I know a lot of the FPL game, myself included, moved away from players like Ronaldo, like Bruno, and even Mason Greenwood, all three of whom have shown a penchant to get attacking returns on the odd game week, and I think this could be a game week to do it. Uh, Watford have not shown that they are able to be stout at the back or keep clean sheets so interesting potential differential. If you still have Ronaldo, especially leading your line um, from an FPL perspective, going with the easier fixture against Watford versus the popular choice, which is going to be Salah, who play Arsenal. Uh, definitely some points potential and rank gain to be had by going that direction.
1: I think there's gonna be a lot of goals in this one. I think it's a three-one Manchester United victory. I feel like you know, Ronaldo blanked in both of his matches while on international duty. So he's going to be hungry to see the ball go in the back of the net. And just interesting to see kind of how this team gets over the fact that they're still stuck with Ole and uh, what kind of formations they they bring to the pitch. But yeah, I'm expecting a a pretty solid Manchester United victory. And I, I will say that obviously Fernandez has not been the FPL player that he was last year but he is creating tons of chances and I think that's something that we will continue to monitor especially if you're looking to potentially uh, bring in a Manchester United asset come game week 14 or 15 because they have a huge run of about 10 game weeks so he's only 11.7 million right now uh, compared to Ronaldo's 12.4 so just something to keep in mind of because he's obviously he's creating a ton of chances still and that's what you uh, want in year kind of premium guys
0: on the other side of the pitch Ismail Saar he had a brace wall on international duty Uh, he's the talisman player for Watford I expect that he could get a return in this match and that's heightened by the fact that Man United probably couldn't clean sheet against San Marino so I agree with Brian I think there's going to be goals for both (laughs) sides here and hopefully a bunch of FPL points uh, for the managers that back players in this one
1: really interesting game that we also want to chat through is West Ham at Wolves. So West Ham, obviously coming off of that high from a great win versus Liverpool in that three, two goal fest. Now Wolves have kind of been up and down. There's their advanced statistics have put them, um, kind of in a better position than they actually are in the table. But, um, I'm a little bit worried that Jimenez played so many minutes with Mexico on international duty and he'll be flying all the way back to, uh, to England for this one, but he's 7.7 and only 10% owned. I really think that if you are looking for a striker, especially if you're going to maybe downgrade the likes of Vardy and move funds elsewhere, Jimenez is a great option. He's a, he's the type of player that you put in your side and you, you legitimately hold him for like 10 game weeks because he just ticks over five, eight, nine pointers all the time. So he's, he's one of the, Few forwards that I would actually trust in my in my line. Um, whereas Antonio, he's been blanking like crazy. I've I've shown patience. He's still 48% owned, but he really just looks like he he passes the eye test and he's he's been part of the buildup. And it's just a matter of time before he nets another goal, I think, for this West Ham team. Yeah. Box, what are like, you thinking you're going to see in this match?
0: Oh, I'm very nervous about this match. I do not have either Antonio or Jimenez in my side. And so I expect to be very much punished uh, by at least one of them, if not both uh, from this match. I think uh, probably Antonio gets back on form and gets a return. And I can see the same thing for Jimenez. He was pretty disappointing in the international break, but uh He's just such a he's such a statuesque player up front. And I think his link up play with uh Huang, his lines made, has been incredible. And I think uh that this is probably a 3-2 or 3-1 match as well. So I expect there's gonna be goals. One player I did want to just shout out is Jared Bowen from West Ham. He's totally flying under the radar. He's 6.3 million in midfield and 2% owned. And he's been playing incredibly attacking style of play in the last couple of game weeks, even more so than Ben Rama, who's the more popular option at that price. So he's one I would definitely have on my watch list uh, for the next couple of game weeks.
1: Bowen has been very impressive. I know we talked about four nulls on the previous podcast and touch on Bowen as well, but yeah, his, his expected goal involvement has been off the charts over the last five games or so he's on corners on the right-hand side, and he's been picking up goals and assists throughout the season. So Not somebody that I'm actively looking to bring in because West Ham do have some tough fixtures coming up. Um, They have Wolves, Manchester City, Brighton and Chelsea in their next four. So I'm very much waiting for those matches to be completed. And then I'm going to think about bringing the likes of Bowen into my side because the the West Ham side is just a very attacking outfit that you expect them to put two goals up on any team. And uh, that's can really reward FPL managers.
0: Yeah, you know what, Brian? I think they might actually be fixture-proof because we would have said the same thing about that Liverpool match, and they hung three yeah, goals on point. them. And they're just, they're, they have so much attacking talent. Now, I don't expect they're going to be keeping many clean sheets so I wouldn't be backing a West Ham defender at this point but Moyes has found some magic in that side let's just leave it at that i mean antonio if he's healthy he's an incredible player and they have a lot of really good players that are in that midfield kind of uh you know following his lead charging towards the opposing goal so i like what i'm seeing from west ham uh yeah that's uh and then ben johnson he's a defender he's a real cheap asset he's he might be the next Livermento next season because right now he's only 4 million and he's less than 4% owned. And he seems to have stolen Vladdy C's spot. Uh, Sufal seems to be out of the starting 11 and Ben Johnson is in. So that could be a really interesting differential if you are on wildcard. He would be someone who I would definitely try and fit in next to Livermento to save money for elsewhere.
1: Yeah, he's had returns in his last four game weeks of seven, six, eight, and one. So very impressive. He scored a goal as well. And he looks to be a steal at 4.0. If he really does lock down that spot, you know, I think the quality of Sufal is actually pretty high. So I, I just kind of wonder if Ben Johnson will be rotated a bit with him, but for the time being, it looks like it's his spot and he's, he's only 21. So Uh, I think Moyes recognizes that it's important to try and get this guy more minutes because he's clearly talented and doing um, doing quite well in the side for them right now.
0: All right. So we've given you some previews of the best FPL matches to target. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to discuss the best fixtures, not just for FPL, but in real life. We want to look at the best matchups in game week 12. We're going to take a look at the best matchups for game week 12, starting with Chelsea at Leicester. That's the opening fixture first thing Saturday morning. What do you think, Brian?
1: Well, I slept in the past two weekends, so now uh, it'll be back to Uh-oh. that 4.28 a.m. wake-up call where I turn off my alarm, I look at the FutMob app and see who's starting, and then I drag my ass out of bed and to the couch and uh, turn on the TV, which is always blinding, especially this time <laughs> of the year when it's like pitch dark still at, at four, four or five a.m. Um, I'm looking forward to this one though. I think we've seen Chelsea obviously pull out some great results. We're at the top of the table. And Vardy and the Foxes have kind of been waning a bit. So it'll be interesting to see Ben Chilwell. I think um, you know, he's he's got some extra motivation. He's playing his former team, so that's always a kind of a compelling. Uh, storyline throughout the game and as a Vardy owner Bucks what are you feeling are you feeling you're going to hold him for this match and just roll him out and hope that uh, he doesn't score but if he does score he gets you FPL points
0: yeah I think uh, listen it's really the first tough test that Chelsea defense are going to play in almost a month so I think Vardy is the kind of player who could score against the run of play in any match. So I'm going to play him, but I'm also going to keep my Chelsea defensive double up in my starting 11 as well. I'm hopeful that Chelsea will keep a clean sheet because that'll be better for FPL points for me. But uh, I think that, you know, the Foxes are playing at home in front of their home's crowd. They're going to be booing and, you know, hissing at Ben all the entire match. And so I just think that there's, it's it's going to be a tighter contest i expect that chelsea get the w but maybe it's only two one worth mentioning that there is a potential return for romelu lukaku in this match he's been in back in training he didn't go play for belgium on international break so he's had a lot of time to rest and recover thank god and i'm hoping that (laughs) he's going to maybe be rested in this one so he's fully fit for the festive run of fixtures um that's partially my bias that I have Kai Havertz in my starting 11 right now. And I would prefer him to lead the line for Chelsea for FPL return purposes. But I think from a purely premier league perspective, Chelsea having big ROM leading the line is the best for uh, three points on the weekend. So we'll see what happens. Very interesting to see how Chelsea line up and who's fit for this one.
1: Yeah, we'll definitely have to pay attention to the pressers. You know, if Lukaku is going to come back into the side. I I would definitely be thinking about moving on from Kai um, at his price tag as well. It's it's a decent amount of funds where you could go straight from him to somebody like Jota if he's not in your side. Um, but it'll be interesting to see you know how that plays out. I think that those people who took the punt for three game weeks on Kai, you know, he got a goal and assist in three games. That's pretty good. I think the Norwich one is still. Burning in the uh, the hearts of FPL managers for being uh, spurned on that one, like yourself, Bucks. How are you feeling about that?
0: Well, I was going to say one interesting tidbit. So, Kai actually blanked when they played Norwich, which was the easiest fixture of the last few and Salah obviously got to return that same game week. But if you threw your phone against the wall and you broke it and you haven't checked FPL since, and so the captain's armband remained on Kai, he's actually outscored Salah in the last two matches. So the thinking was right, Um, But obviously, Salah is just the best player in the world right now. So we rate him to get a return each and every match. Uh, But Kai, he has delivered and I think he's looked good. Uh, I definitely think he has a newfound confidence in the Chelsea side. And he also scored on international break for Germany. If he's leading the line, he's going to be starting. If not, as Brian mentioned, he'll probably be someone that I have to at least uh, resist tinkering out of my side in the 11th hour.
1: Yeah, I could really see a a potential one pointer from Kai. I could see Lukaku coming back in, you know, getting the full warm up, playing about 60 minutes and then Kai coming off the bench to start. But I would prefer if Tuchel continued to rest Rom and not bring him back. I mean, I think one of the reasons he got that injury was he was playing too many minutes, um, across champions league and, um, premier league. And I hope, I hope this is a case study for Tuchel to not you know, play him in those cupcake matches in Champions League. Like when he got his injury, he just did not have any business playing in that game. It it didn't make any sense to me. So I hope that
0: uh, Tuchel can learn from that moving forward. Agreed. Uh, A couple other matches we do want to touch on, you know, Arsenal go to Liverpool. Uh, That's a tough match. But I think if there's ever a time to be playing Liverpool, it's right now in this game week, as we mentioned. 100%. Yeah, they are slightly battered uh, from a starting 11 perspective. They're missing, I would say, four of their starting 11 uh, first choices. So I still rate Salah and TAA to do the business on the right-hand side. And as we mentioned earlier, Jota probably is the differential pick in that one. Uh, But if you have jumped on Arsenal assets like Aaron Ramsdale, which I know both Brian and I have as our goalkeeper starter, uh, I would feel okay playing him. I think he's going to get saves so he has a high floor, but uh I think that there's just so many missing pieces from Liverpool that there there might be a chance that they're, you know, they only score one goal.
1: Yeah, I would put Ramsdale's over under at about 3 points in this game. I think he's going to make at least 3 saves, maybe give up a goal. Uh I could see Liverpool as well if they're not linking up with the midfield, they take a lot of shots from range and that could play into Ramsdale's hands. Literally. So we'll we'll see how that one nice, goes. But nice. I, I expect it to be I expect it to be pretty cagey because Arsenal have you know showed that they're in good form. Um obviously the two early fixtures versus Manchester United and Chelsea that got absolutely washed, right? And so I think they're in a much different space. They have a the solid defensive spine now with a couple new players then coming back from injury and have built that um rapport together. So I think you know this this could be a lower scoring game than we might think, but I'd still give the armband to Salah, right? Like, how how do you not at this point? He's going to be shooting left and right.
0: Yeah, and he doesn't have to pass it to any of his teammates now because he's uh, by far and away the kind of uh, only top tier uh, starting forward that's healthy. Next up is City. They host Everton, uh, and I think this is a really compelling match. I almost included this in one of the uh, matches to target for FPL points because of how battered Everton are as well. So all the clubs in Liverpool are having some really bad injury luck at the moment. Everton are missing Decoré and DCL still out injured and City specifically Jao Cancelo. He's really emerged as their most important player, uh, both on the pitch in real life and for FPL managers to bring in to lead their defense. He's 6.5 million, 30% owned at this point. And there's been a lot of talk and we've kind of waffled on how Rafa Benitez is doing as the manager for Everton. And he's supposed to be this defensive minded coach, but I don't see them keeping a clean sheet. Uh, I think that city have a likelihood to maybe even pour in the goals in this one. And so Foden, who's in my side, I highly expect that he's going to get a return.
1: Overall, I've been impressed with Benitez so far, just because they haven't had you know all their team healthy at once. So I think he's been doing a fine job this Everton defense has not been known for keeping clean sheets, regardless if he was the manager or not. So I I really agree with you that this could be a a easy three zero victory for Manchester city. And, you know, KDB did score a goal on international duty and it'll be interesting to see if he comes back and plays kind of full 70 plus minutes. Uh, He's been coming off early in a few of the matches and um, that's kind of transitioned Cancelo into being more creative. So, for us as owners, we prefer um, Kinsella to stay in that role, but um, yes, as yes. a whole engine, they're better when KDB is uh, informed
0: and one more player on city to mention is gundawan he played for germany he also uh sparkled in international break with uh i think he had a brace um so he's definitely in for him. and it's interesting that both he and bernardo silva are currently uh you know outpacing kdb for fpl points at this point in the season so something to monitor going forward
1: all right bucks before we jump into our transfer plans are there any other players that have caught your eye i know for me, Gallagher is somebody on my short list. Reese James is another one that I'm looking to potentially double up on Chelsea defense. I mean, those two guys are at the top of my kind of uh, wish list at the moment. But I think I'm probably going to have to roll a transfer this week and have two going into next week to potentially deal with Imbomo and Tony, who have just uh, disappointed time and time again.
0: Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I'm hoping to be able to roll my transfer As you mentioned earlier in the episode, I think that's contingent on Romelu Lukaku's health and whether he is even potential to get a run out for Chelsea. If so, I think Kai has to be moved on for my side. So he'll probably turn into Jota if I do make a transfer. And then next, next game week, I would do probably a, I would take a hit and I would move off one of my strikers to fill in either going to Jimenez or even all the way up to Antonio just so I have him back in for almost defensive cover because he is so highly owned and I would look to move off and Bomo probably at that point so I, I'm still tinkering I'm optimistic that I will be able to roll my transfer I think I my team needs almost a mini wild card at this point going into the festive fixtures but So having the potential to take a hit and make three moves in one game week has a lot more appeal than just uh, doing one move this game week and then two more with a hit next game week. So it still remains to be seen. I'm going to wait till press conferences and really the final minute to make that decision. What about captain selection, Brian? Who are we going with?
1: Yeah, before we jump into that box, just want to see, you know, I know you have Edward uh, who has been on Crystal Palace. He hasn't really scored too many points the last couple of game weeks. Is that somebody that you're going to be starting this week, or is he kind of going to be one of your first bench slots here?
0: So right now he is starting in my side, and I think I'm going to be benching Mbomo potentially for this match. Oh, wow. I think that it's definitely a differential choice right now, but I just think that Edward is in the right positions. Him and Benteke have been getting goals, and Palace in general have just been more attacking and more fierce uh, opposition than i think anyone could have predicted coming into this season so i think that there's a higher likelihood that palace get two goals than brentford get two goals just from what i've seen in the last couple of game weeks so kind of throw out who they're playing against i just think that the palace style of play is more attacking so that's where i'm leaning right now um, obviously that could all change i do want to start tony i'm giving him one more game week as as you mentioned he he is someone who's potentially on the chopping block in my side. I think Edward is just a differential play. So I I like the idea that I backed him for a reason. So I'm going to, I'm going to back him to be in my starting 11, probably for game week 12.
1: Yeah, I think that's pretty sound bucks. I'm personally starting both in and Tony this game week. I have Asp as my first bench slot, Uh, but I have a really deep squad this week. I have Aspie, Duffy, and Huang all on my bench. Haven't figured out the order yet, but I think Villa versus Brighton, that could be actually a cagey match, maybe a bounce back uh, with the new manager, uh, Steven Gerrard, back uh, for the villains. So I'm really thinking about potentially moving asplaqueta either to Livermento to free up funds or to move him straight to James. Um, but that would still give me a benching headache this week. So I, I I really just feel like I'll roll the transfer. I am a bit concerned though, because when I look at next week and I'm really kind of eyeing the legs of Jota, um, of maybe a double swap between getting Bomo up to Jota and Tony down to a non-playing uh 4.5 striker. You love that. Bit, you love that move. Yeah, I do love that. And like right now, looking at my team, like I'm I'm just very uh I'm very deep. And I think if I have two quality players like Hawang could easily start next week for norwich um in that fixture so i'm just kind of in a spot where i don't need to have two playing uh, or three playing bench players going into the festive fixture i think two is is enough so i'm still undecided yet um but i, I just know that james is like he's such a talented player and he looks like his confidence has grown and tuchel is starting to trust him more and more and Um, Aspie is obviously an old dog and he'll play in some big games, but he doesn't need to play as many minutes as he has in the past. So if I don't make this transfer this week to get James, I'm kind of potentially stuck with Aspliqueta for multiple weeks in a row. So I'm just trying to trying to weigh that up, but I don't think it needs to be addressed this week
0: just about the livermento point. If you were going to go that direction, you really want him for this Norwich fixture. So um, that would be the only reason to have urgency and take the transfer today, as opposed to waiting for game week 13 to roll around.
1: Yeah. And obviously he's gotten a lot of points lately, but he does play, you know, game week 13, he's got Liverpool, then Leicester, Brighton, Arsenal, like those aren't great fixtures for Southampton. So, I'm really kind of at a a fork in the road, as as they say, on what to do with Quetta, who's unfortunately dropped 0.2 in value since I picked him up on wild card. So that's been very disappointing, uh, given that Chelsea's been keeping all these clean sheets and all their other players have gotten tons of points.
0: Yeah, for sure. And all this talk of four is ruining my appetite. That's for sure. Let's let's talk about captaincy selection. I am going all faithful Mo Salah this game week. I definitely, I'll tell you last night I was tinkering in advance of this podcast and I put the captain selection armband on Jao Cancelo, but then I looked at the percentage ownership for Mo Salah versus Jao Cancelo and I was spooked right back into swapping uh, the captain and vice captain armband on that one. So which way are you going, Brian?
1: Same thing. Got to stick with uh, old faithful in, Mohamed Salah, I think with his effective ownership being so high and he's continued to trickle in points, even if he hasn't scored a goal in a couple of game weeks, you know, he's just the most informed player in the world. and there's no reason not to captain him. Your vice captain and your kind of your other slots in your team become your differential since the main majority of kind of competitive FPL players are always captaining Salah right now. So I'm really hoping this week that sunny boy uh, versus leads could be a, a 10 point differential for me. He's somebody that I've obviously chosen over Vardy in my setup. So in my three, five, two, I'm hoping that he does the business this game week versus Leeds and for these upcoming fixtures. So until, until Sala blanks two times in a row, I think I'm just gonna have to keep, uh, keep running him out there because he's, he's the man.
0: Uh, I was gonna say until he's, uh, not even in the match day squad, he's gonna be my captain, uh, when he goes away to yeah, play that's for, right. for Egypt, I will be uh, not captaining him and probably just benching him. But uh, until that point, Salah, come good for yeah, us, that's right. come good, uh, big halls. And then for the-
1: for those who don't know, um, you know, he will be heading off to the African Cup of Nations coming up, basically right after Boxing Day. So that's when when Bucks is referencing he's going to be his captain until he's not even in his squad. So it's just something to keep in mind that. Um, he will be going away for a few game weeks and um, there'll be a mass exodus at that time. But until then, he's 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 the clear and easy captain choice because if you don't captain him and he bangs, you're just in such a terrible position against the rest of your competitive managers um, in your kind of uh, overall rank bracket.
0: Yeah, Salah is FPL Bitcoin if you got in at like $20, because now he's uh, up to $13 million in the game, which is basically <laughs> like $63,000 in real life. So uh, with that, that's really all we had to cover. It is going to be an interesting and wild fixture run this weekend. There are matches on Saturday, so no bonus football with Friday or Monday matches, but it should be a wildly entertaining weekend. And then Brian and I will be back to review and recap all the action as well as look ahead to game week 13. The matches are starting to come hot and heavy. So we're going to be working on sprucing up and speeding up our editing skills for the next couple of (laughs) games. And uh, with that green arrows all around, Brian, good luck, big hauls this game week for both of us in the FPL game. And thank you as always for listening uh, you can follow us on social media we're at fpl blues podcast and we'd love some engagement going into next game week we're going to try and have a lot of questions from our listeners uh, going into that match coming out of this international break thanks everyone
1: thanks a lot bucks we'll talk to you all soon